Hello, uh, I'm Nabil Ejazi and welcome to the fourth episode of Imagine XP's podcast series. At Imagine XP, we are spreading the word of UX at all dimensions to enlighten and bring together the design community. Through our various programs, endeavors, uh, the young professionals and students have been able to carve their way in UX design. Various senior US professionals and experts from various different industries all across the globe uh, are empaneled with us and they have been guiding the students and edifying them in, in the field of US and design thinking. Okay, so let's start the today's podcast uh, where our guest is uh, none other than Geetik uh, Virama Chanini. Uh, Geetik is an electronics engineer designer. Uh, he is the uh, a UX designer at Northwestern Mutual and has been a part of uh, Johnson Control and Adobe in the earlier stages of his career. He is into ideation, user research, information architecture, brand mar- marketing, product design, and whatnot. So you're, you're more than welcome, Githik, and thank you so much for agreeing to be a part of this podcast. Oh, definitely. Thank you so much for the introduction, Abil. Um, when, when you said uh, his skills include uh, all those points and so on, I, I always remember like, you know, jack of all but master of none. Um, so I guess, I guess that's where I'm at right now. Uh, thanks for the introduction. Well, the pleasure is all mine. So, uh, I think this is, uh, I think we should uh, start with the questions. So, uh, so let's start with first knowing about where you come from and mm-hmm. uh, and if you can share some instances during your childhood and your growing up years when design actually influenced you sure and that's a that's a good question to start off with um nabil before we dive in uh, to the podcast i wanted to take a quick minute to recognize and appreciate all the uh, essential workers um you know that have been helping us through the crisis um, I think they've been doing a tremendous job over the past several weeks, and I, I can't imagine what we would do without them. So uh, thanks to them, and thanks to you all for staying inside and tuning in. Um, I currently live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, like Nabil just uh, mentioned. Uh, but I'm originally from Hyderabad in India. Um, I moved to Chicago to pursue my uh, master's degree uh, at DePaul University, which is also in Chicago. Um, Nabil, with respect to your question about um, the influence on my childhood, uh, I think every designer uh, goes through what you may call as episodes uh, of things that influence them. Um, and it's quite magical because all these, all these things that influence them start stitching together. Uh, and it really comes down to the people and, and them listening to their instinct uh, to, to understand these episodes that have been stitched together and, and to get an instinctual feeling out of it. Um, there were quite a few episodes for me, but I think a couple of things that I remember right out of my mind is, uh, um, I think like when I was in my schooling around my fifth or sixth standard, I was not good at education anyway. Um, but whatever I was interested in, I just couldn't grasp by reading or writing. Like I had to draw it out. Um, for example, I would draw out complex concepts, like make a rectangle, triangle, a circle, give it certain characteristics and try to link you know, them up by logic. I mean, that's how I used to break down stuff. Um, and, you know, as, as soon as I understood that concept, as soon as I broke it down, um, it gave me an immense satisfaction of like, 
not just understanding the concept, but but the fact that I was able to figure it out. Um, you know, but but going back, I always wondered why are these textbooks, why are these things designed in a way where only a certain section of people can actually understand, but a certain section, you know, need to uh, put in extra efforts, or if I may add uh, alternate effect, you know, efforts to be able to grasp that. Uh, but that just, you know, stayed in my mind. Um, but slowly after that, I, I started developing this, you know, obsessive behavior of figuring things out and making it easy for people. Like you wouldn't believe how I was like just, you know, during my teenage years. Um, I, I think it was the cycle of solving people's problems, making it a great experience, and then getting the satisfaction and being appreciated by it. And this became an obsessive cycle, you know, that I that I started that it started to give me my teenage dopamine essentially. Um, also, if, if I may add, and this would be my last point for this question without taking a lot of your time, I, I would say, I think a part of my design influence, not completely related to design, but the process itself, I think has been through my parenting. Uh, my dad loved, and he still loves, uh, getting things done in an order. Like everything that I started doing needed to be in an order, and everything when I ended it had to be in an order. So I guess you could say that's where my journey mapping skills really started off uh, even before I knew it. But uh, yeah, that's a, that's a little bit about my um, design influence, if that made any sense. Oh, great. Yeah, definitely. The point that you uh, said there, uh, like solving, solving people's problem and then, you know, coming out with, with, with a sense of satisfaction is altogether an obsessive cycle, which really uh, led you towards this, uh, this path of life and this path of right time. right so now now this thing this question is something uh, that i'm sure a lot of listener would love to know mm-hmm. so uh, from engineering to to design how does your your entire journey looks like and uh, why did you decide to take this turn uh, into design Right. <laughs> I I kind of had a little smile even before I knew the question, because usually when I go to any interview, mm-hmm. uh, at least in the United States, that was my very first or the second question. You started oh. off as an electronics engineer and yeah. why why design? I, I guess, you know, everybody is curious in a way as to as yeah. to the journey itself. Um, I might I might piss off some colleges that I studied at, but I think the worst period of my life started after, right after I finished my high school. Um, through two years of intermediate, you've been through that as well, uh, through four years of engineering. I had no real purpose, nor was there anything that I was looking forward to. Um, everyone just followed this path and, and, you know, kind of parents had a little bit of influence of pushing me into that path. And I, you know, I just followed it. Uh, but I was like, well, I have a limited option of getting into engineering anyway, because I need to do it. So like, what is my best option on that? Uh, well, one, I loved electronics uh, by then. Uh, and then the other offerings were either very complicated or they just didn't have the spark in them. No pun, no pun intended, but uh, it just, I was like, okay, well, I love electronics. Let's just go with electronics engineering. Uh, but here's a fun part though. As I was trying to get through engineering, uh, you know, parents don't really leave you at joining the college, right? They, they want better grades and they want you to do well. Uh, so this is a funny secret that I've not shared before, like how, how I got through some of the exams. I should honestly say, I think somewhere from my third year or even my second, I absolutely never prepared for my exams. It's interesting looking back because I actually used design to write my answer papers. Like I, I never used to prepare for an exam. Uh, and then what I would do is I would literally design my answer sheet with like neat borders and random diagrams and excellently written hardware uh, with you know all those hardware diagrams. 
And uh, one day, I, even I didn't believe, uh, there was a subject called, you know, AWP. Uh, it, I was so dumb, I didn't even know the full form of that. Uh, I scored a 95 on that, um, and a 95% on that, and I didn't know anything about it. So I guess I subconsciously, without knowing, did some user research on, on the person that was correcting the papers, and I knew what they wanted, that it was not really the context of the text, but it really about what it looked and what it made sense or not. Um, so, you know, after that, my dad wanted me to move to the US. Uh, this was a second phase of, you know, trying to, uh, you know, make me go with the herd. Uh, but I knew at that point, and I was old enough to, uh, to think that this is where I had to make a choice for myself. Um, I was really interested in filmmaking, um, partly because my dad was already in that industry and I wanted to do something on the creative side. So I found a degree uh, not very expensive for filmmaking at uh, DePaul University, which is how I chose that university in the first place. Uh, I fought really hard at home, had a lot of arguments, and finally, you know, when I made it over here, I went through the first semester of the filmmaking and, and I immediately realized this was not for me. Um, there, were, there are a lot of reasons you know, that everybody goes through. I just realized it was not for me. Uh, but to end the story on a sweet spot, I one day uh, just trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life? Like I stumbled on this uh, workshop called you know, Free HCI Workshop, Human Centered Design Workshop. And I went there and halfway through, like I, I knew this is exactly what I wanted to do because partly because there was half of things that I needed to learn, but there was another half that I already knew, like technology, the things that I was already interested in. It just made sense for me to combine both of those things and you know try to see if this worked out for me. And as of now, it's it's working out well for me. Great, great. Yeah, definitely. I'm, and I'm and I'm sure uh, there would be quite a lot of people who who can really resonate with uh, what you've just said here. Absolutely. And I think some people that imagine XP would definitely agree with me. I've been speaking to you guys and you, you all have similar stories. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, uh, you think talking, talking about your current profile now, so working at Northwestern Mutual as a UX designer. So, uh, would you talk a uh, you know, little bit about, about your role and how does a typical day at work looks like? Okay, cool. Um, so uh, just a little bit of uh, background on people that don't know about Northwestern Mutual. Um, NM is a finance company. They primarily do life insurance, disability insurance, and they have like a whole set of uh, products. Um, I'm a UX designer on the team, um, and I am on the platforms and core services team. Uh, the UX team at NM is divided into you know, different sectors uh, based on the products that they work on. Um, so I belong to the platforms and core services. Um, I'm actually pretty new to NM. I just started uh, January of this year. Uh, I would say not super new, but still kind of new and figuring things out over here. Um, so as, as you know, at Northwestern, like with any insurance company, uh, there are a ton of products, uh, which means a ton of services for those products, which also mean a ton of platforms for those products leading to a ton of experiences. Um, so I'm currently working on two of those experiences. One is called a CX and one is NMC. Uh, what CX essentially in, in, a, in a nutshell is, uh, if you buy life insurance, you get a dashboard, um, all your products are assembled there and you track your products there. And the other one is NMC, which is on the service side, uh, where um, if my client has bought a product and if I'm an insurance agent, that is my dashboard to track all my customers and uh, make sure, you know, they're good and also, you know, see if there are new customers that are looking for life insurance. Um, so I'm working two of those products. Um, 
speaking of a typical day, um, we would have projects that are running on timelines and some projects I'm actually pretty, uh, it's, it's pretty nice that they've, that they've put me on projects initially when I joined uh, on some uh, visionary projects, uh, which is like years and years ahead uh, of you know how we are planning out. Uh, more like an Apple format where they plan off their next 10 years and then they start to break it down from there. That's something we're approaching as well. Um, so we do a lot of user testing. We're doing a lot of user research right now. I've been reaching out to a lot of clients um, to do some research on information architecture. So a typical day, uh, fortunately, doesn't stay the same. It keeps changing. Uh, but what I just mentioned are some of those things that have been happening for the past few weeks. Great, great. So, uh, you know, through your profile, we we saw that you have been a part of uh, Johnson Control as well in the earlier mm. stages. And so could you share with us any exciting project that you really loved working on uh, then and like during the Johnson days? Oh, sure. I'm actually kind of glad you asked the question. And please stop me if I'm going to ramble a little bit on this. Um, I would say that I don't think I would ever work on a project um, like the, the one that I'm about to mention at Johnson Controls, probably in the next 50 or 60 years of my career. Oh. Um, and, it's, and it's super interesting because it was the first project right after I graduated. Uh, and Nabil, like if, if you graduated and you were working or interning or even going full time for a company, like some of the projects you would work on would be mellow and mild, right? Because they don't want to overwhelm you. They want to start you off with, you know, where something really mild. Um, but they put me on this fantastic project and, and the UX team obviously was so awesome working at Johnson Controls. Um, and before I go into that project, a little bit about Johnson Controls, they're a huge uh, HVAC company. Uh, they also have a pretty big presence in India through batteries. Uh, they're tied up with Amar Raja batteries or Amaron. Um, so they used to build batteries for Amaron to be distributed in India. Um, they do heating, cooling, ventilation, like I said, batteries, you name it. Um, an interesting fact is that the founders of Johnson Controls, uh, the founder of Johnson Controls, Warren S. Johnson, uh, was actually the guy that invented the thermostat. Uh, so this company was started in the 1800s, huge history. Um, so as a part of their product offerings, uh, Johnson Controls also produces fire suppression products. Um, and one of their fire suppression offering was this three-part system uh, that would put out potential industrial size uh, fires, like a huge oil refinery or a great or, or a huge complex. Um, so this three-part system uh, that puts off the fire um, goes on a fire truck. And the ask that they ask was that they wanted to um, include a, 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 a touchscreen onto this fire truck, an interactive touchscreen. Uh, what was super interesting about this project is that this is something that I have never done before. Like I've uh, even my assignments at school, we have never done something with this. Uh, number two, the form factor was different. We're talking about a 15-inch screen with resistive touch, you know, touch and with like buttons all over on the left and right, completely new. Um, so we had to not just build a beautiful functional interface, but it had to be so good that it would convince hardcore mechanically driven firefighters to use a touchscreen instead of real controls. And that's where the user testing got so rigorous and so difficult that we had to iterate and test it multiple times. Uh, but the end goal was to, was to do a digital transformation to a digitally unconventional industry like you know, firefighting. You wouldn't think of you know, digital transformation and firefighting, right? But they somehow came together. 
uh, and they wanted a product where the firefighters could not just depend on the screen for controls, but also give them uh, information, you know, in times of need if they don't need it, which is which is pretty critical uh, during those scenarios. Um, so, you know, if I may add a little more, uh, uh, you know, context and detail to this, there were a lot of other limitations to the screen. Like, like I said, resistor was one of them. Uh, there would be, if, they, if they're putting up for fire and if it's an oil refinery, there's going to be oil all over the screen and they, they would have to touch through that. Uh, it is super heavy, hyper uh, fire resistant, hyper water resistant. So we had to also consider those conditions. Um, also consider color brightness and things like that, and actually, you know, make this uh, product, which turned out pretty good. Oh, great! It is like such a tremendous project to work on, and you know, definitely the the point that you said that you might not uh, be working on any any of you know such such project maybe in uh, forty fifty years from now on. So, but Absolutely. definitely. Yeah. Definitely one 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 great project, just like you know, a kind of milestone in a designer's life. Yeah, this this and 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 I'm pretty lucky that it started off at the beginning of my career. And like I said, I apologize. I can like ramble all day about that project. Uh, mm -hmm. So you should appreciate me for completing it pretty fast. Right. So so Geethik, what were your 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 key takeaways from all these experiences, uh, which really set you up for the position that you are currently? At, at Northwestern Mutual. So what were all these takeaways? Um, and Nabil, I, I think there are so many things that you can consider as expertise, right? Like different people have different takeaways. Um, for, for some people, tools, methods, processes, et cetera. But in, in my view, uh, you know, including all of those, my expertise, I, I believe, lies in three things. Uh, one is problem solving. Uh, number two, unlearning. Uh, and number three, storytelling. Uh, I, I think tools, methods, and, and processes are like highly adaptable and customizable. Uh, like they can change the way you want it. But the foundations that actually create those tools, methods, and processes, I, I think is where my focus is on. Like I want to uh, I want to make sure my foundations are strong uh, so I can take care of the methods and the processes and the tools in the right way. So just to sum it up, I would say problem solving, um, unlearning, and storytelling. Wow, great. Got it. So uh, since you've, you've mentioned problem solving here as, as mm -hmm. one of your expertise, if we can put it like this way. So how do you think, uh, you know, design uh, plays a role during, during a crisis? Oh, yeah. Um, so like a situation like, like, like this, like, like where we, we, all of us are, are, are at currently. So how do you mm -hmm. think, what, what, role it does, uh, what role design plays? in in such crisis that's actually an excellent question and and it really is well stacked in, in the same level as designing for good because these are so vague but at the same time there's so much we could do about it right. um i i feel like the current crisis and i'm going to talk in terms of ux is like a self-involved yeah. user study um what that means is you're in, involved in a real life scenario along with the user like how many times does, does it actually happen you usually talk to a user when that scenario is already completed or before the scenario is about to happen, but you never get to you know, be a part of that. Um, yes. As unfortunate as this crisis is, I think it's a tremendous opportunity for designers to like involve, you know, just, just observe and also just draw insights. Um, and like I always say, design doesn't have to be sitting in front of your MacBook and you know, doing something with SketchUp and Vision. Uh, 
drawing insights is a quality of designer. Um, so just involve yourself, observe and draw insights. Um, and also design is not just, I'm just reiterating what I just said, but it's not a pixel perfect poster. That's a huge misconception a lot of organizations and individuals have. Um, design can be the means as well as a method to solve a problem. And, and we have a huge problem on and, and like I said, we have a you know opportunity to solve it. Um, if I may take a couple of minutes just to you know talk about this a little more, I was just listening to a TED talk um, by by someone that gave me a huge insight into what designing for crisis means. So uh, this guy was in Florida with his wife uh, and his kids. They were just playing on the beach, a nice, beautiful, sunny day, and suddenly the the daughter uh, you know passes out and she can't respond. Um, so they call the emergency. They have a special emergency chopper that that comes to you know airlift her, take her to the hospital. And while these parents uh, were being uh, uh, driven by some good local Samaritans and they were driving them to the hospital. Uh, if you just put yourself in that situation that the father and the mother are going through, like they don't, they're, maybe they're probably visiting Florida. They don't know where they're going. They don't know anything about this hospital. And they're trying to understand where is their daughter going to go? Where is she going to be placed? What are the next steps? That's, that's everybody. So even in that crisis, the, the father, you know, opened up Google, he searched for the hospital and out of all the information uh, and, and the guy that was doing the TED talk is actually the father. He said the, all, the, the most useful information that he could find was just the contact number and the email, um, which is what all of us somehow end up finding. Uh, but you know how, the, how contact information and email treats us. It's, it's not really a direct you know, a right. solution to what you're looking for. So, for, for them, looking at a micro crisis that belongs to two people, I think what was very limited to them was time and information. And I think it kind of applies to our scenario as well. Time is very limited, information is very limited. Maybe the hospital should have had a quick link uh, you know, to an emergency section that kind of outlines what, what happens. So I think the big question and a great question that I would love to tackle is like, how do we take that scenario? How do we take inspiration from that and apply it to something like COVID-19? And how do we find better ways to manage crisis? Um, so yeah, I'm not sure if I've answered that question, but that was a, that was no, a good no, one. No, you, you, you have answered it uh, phenomenally, to be honest. And I'm glad. Yeah, definitely the, the, the kind of relevance that design holds for uh, you know, such a crisis situation is uh, definitely commendable and tremendous. So digging, digging right. deeper into the topic. So do you mm -hmm. think design has a certain relevance at, or design can help organizations to prepare for crises like these? That is another great question. And, and in all honesty, I think a lot of organizations are never really prepared for, for a crisis. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you and I know that by now. Um, I'm not blaming anyone here, but I think we always tend to design products for MVP or to solve yep. for like 90% of the use case. Right. But have have you and I or anybody anticipated that COVID was coming and would that fall in that 90% use case? Absolutely not, right? Um, so we need to start designing digital products like, like how electronic engineers would do or how electronic people would do. Um, you know they, they make they make electronics foolproof right like how, when was the last time we had a short circuit because of an electronic things are fool, foolproof and they're safely packaged you know all the the power the, the power shut off they're all like you know in place you don't have to worry about you know something dangerous happening because of them and i think we should use those same concepts in design thinking as well as design doing like can we just run iterations 
and keep doing iterations in a way where we meet that spot where for development, they can reach an MVP, but from a design standpoint, we can also create something that's foolproof and that'll be ready for a crisis when that happens. Wow, yeah, definitely. No, it is certainly some, some great points put together. Uh, like such practices can also be uh, you know, incorporated in design uh, mm-hmm. just to be prepared for the crisis. Right, right. And I mean, if you think about it, electronics itself is design. I mean, if, if you, yes. if you yeah. literally break down the process, everything is designed. So yes. yeah, I'm just reiterating a great point that you just mentioned about like, you know, the cross interrelationships relationships of industries. Uh, now I'd like to take on uh, my, my favorite question. So now, mm-hmm. now this is the question that I have been asking uh, to many industry experts. Mm-hmm. So so what do you think is the the future of uh, of of design and what is the future of career in ux right that's the big question right and and whoever these experts are that you spoke i I would really love to like get those videos and see what they said because that's a burning question for me as well Um, but in in my and this is purely my opinion and people might disagree but i think creative jobs are harder to replace period um, even even whatever it, it may be AI or whatever, I don't think creative tech jobs are, can be replaceable. Um, and and I think on a personal level, not just from a job standpoint in general, but but on a personal individual level, you would be harder to replace if you're grounded, true to your work. You actually deeply care about what you do, and and most importantly, just stay authentic. Uh, don't copy for the heck of it. Like, do it your way, and 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 do the way you want it. Uh, and I think UX as a role itself might change. Uh, I mean, we have UX UI, some people use UX, you know, user experience design, some people use user interface design, some people use products, some people use interface, like there are so many words for it. Right. Uh, but I think what what will end up happening is that we should, all of us I think should start looking at UX from a product lifecycle standpoint and be designers of the lifecycle and not just the feature. So when you think about a product lifecycle from the beginning to the end, uh, you could add value and be a designer of so many different sections or so many different departments that you could be a part of. I mean, at that point, you become subject matter expert and that's what you should you should aim for at the end. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, we're good and we're in a good uh, good spot. Well, yeah, yeah, got it, definitely. So uh, now in the last, uh, I would like to, you know, ask you if you have, any message for the listeners and for Imagine next week? Uh, message. Um, well, I not really a message, but maybe a suggestion, if I may. Yeah. Um, my only suggestion would be to to start thinking about design, um, not just as a not just as a solution to a problem, but but more about finding the right problem to solve. If that makes sense. Uh, I, I think a lot of us have challenges not by not, not to find the solution. I think our biggest challenge is to find the right problem to solve, uh, and that is so true with you know across people and organizations. Um, I, I've, I've, it's, it's been a short term that I've you know started collaborating with Imagine XP, but I've, I've gone through some of your reviews. I've gone through you know your website as a UX myself. I did you know I, I did of course do some research. Uh, I honestly feel uh, Imagine XP is a great platform, uh, you know, for, for people to strengthen their foundation and, and take a leap into the world of design. Um, but in addition to that, what's important for people on an individual level is that you use the platform in, in finding a path 
taking a journey on that path and, and telling your own story. And this yeah. all ties back to my authenticity. Um, just do it your way. There is no right and wrong, which is the beauty of UX. There is no wrong. Uh, and, and you should actually be worried if you're not doing wrong because something's not going right. Um, so that's, that's, that's how I would uh, sign off. Thank you so much, Nabil. Definitely. Yeah, it is, it is so true that, uh, you know, getting a right problem to solve is what we should really aim for. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Kithi. And uh, thank you so it, very much. Nabil. It was a great show, and I I really loved interacting with you. And all the points you you said, I can totally agree with those. And some really mm-hmm. insightful uh, conversation and interaction which happened. And I've been looking forward to more to come uh, on these lines. Yeah, me too. No, this is this has been a this is uh, all the experience that I've had with you guys has been yes. great so far. Which is why I can vouch for students and, and what they can, you know, get out of Imagine XP. No, um, so I'm really looking forward to the next. Uh, let's all get through this crisis and, and, you know, we'll be back on track soon. Yes, certainly, certainly. We all are looking forward awesome. to it. All right. Thanks all so much, right. So Bye. all the best, all, all the best, uh, Giti. Please stay safe. Uh, for our listeners, all the best for, the, for your design future. Uh, this is Naveel Ajazi from Imagine XP signing off for now. And see you real soon for the another in the another episode of uh, imagine xp podcast series and if you like to watch more educative uh, videos and more such stuff follow us on our social media uh, handles check out our youtube uh, channel and visit www.imaginexp.com all right geetik thank you so much thanks for thank your you time so much. great job all right great. okay it was wonderful thank you yeah bye 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 take care